chains, though. You got the phone. Pick it up. Call me. How come we don't even talk no more? And you don't even call no more? We don't barely keep in touch at all. And I don't even feel the same love when we hug no more. And I heard it through the grapevine. We even beefing now. After all the years we've been down. Ain't no way, no how. This bullshit can't be true. We family and a damn thing changed. Kofa the Kof man, it is no holds barred. Today's program, we're bringing the heat, we're bringing the fire. On the program today, we've got ATP Tour and WTA Tour Tennis. Ashley Barty, what a way to finish the season, winning all the cash in China. We've got the NFL. What's going on with Tom Brady and the Patriots? Are they vulnerable? Can they go all the way? And we've got NBA basketball. Three weeks into the season, Lakers and Clippers. The rivalry in LA, LeBron James going absolutely bananas. It's an action-packed show here on No Holds Barred. And we are back. On the air, the No Holds Barred Sports Podcast, your host Jade Colf at The Colf Man. Great to be back on the airwaves. It has been a little while since the last episode. Going to be dedicated to bring you uh, some more sports action. Plenty going on in the sporting world, especially in world tennis. Uh, NFL uh, season is well and truly uh, in the thick of things. About halfway through the season, things are starting to form and the NBA is back on deck. We're about two and a half, three weeks into the season, uh, about eight or nine games in, and it's been an exciting start there nonetheless. The Battle of, the battle of LA, as we like to say, uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis doing some serious damage. Lakers off to a fantastic start at 6-1. and one. And the Los Angeles Clippers are ticking along nicely as well. No Kawhi today. No Kawhi Leonard. Uh, load management. That is a controversial topic. He'll sit against the Milwaukee Bucks and the Greek freak Giannis. Uh, more about that a little bit later on. But... Plenty to talk about here at No Holds Barred, and we will get into the Colf face as well, uh, where I bring the absolute heat, and we're going to focus on a little bit of NBA action on the Colf face. More about that moving forward, but we're going to start today's show with WTA Tour Tennis, and we will get onto the men's side of things, the ATP Tour Championships will be taking place here very, very soon over there in London. The top eight men in the world going for the glory, going for all the all the chips uh, in the end-of-season championships. But the females, the women, have wrapped up their end-of-season championship in China. And it was that girl again... The number one player in the world from Australia, Ashley Barty, who was the last female standing as she took care of business. And what a way to finish winning over $6 million in prize money. I'll tell you what, uh, the men would love to have their event in China. That's for sure. The the Chinese, not afraid to throw around the bickies, throw around the cash over $6 million uh, for the end of season title uh, for that young lady as she took care of business against uh, Svitolina from the Ukraine. And it was very comfortable for Barty in the end. She struggled through uh, a couple of three-set matches early on in the group stages. And, and then once 
the semi-finals rolled around, she just hit the afterburners on. And it's been uh, a season, uh, a wondrous season for Barty. Uh, it really has. She has set uh, all-time highs in prize money. Uh, she led the tour in wins as well, wins on tour. Uh, the four titles that she won were, were on all four different surfaces, uh, indoor, hard court, clay with that memorable French Open championship and, of course, uh, winning a title in grass uh, in a Wimbledon warm-up as well. So Ashley Barty, uh, she really uh, it was probably about had a, a five or six week stint there leading into the end of season championships where she kind of struggled, probably got a little bit flat, a little bit weary. And Naomi Osaka was making a play for that number one ranking in the world. Um, but Ashley uh, really uh, over the last three to four weeks of the season uh, was able to really show some resolve and, and that mental and emotional stability uh, that we talk about that's so important. And she uh, she steamrolled the field there, uh, winning that final uh, 6-3, 6-4 over Svitolina. And hadn't beaten Svitolina coming into this. Uh, the eight times, eight and no, I think Svitolina was, but Barty, uh, obviously a much improved player this year. Uh, winning a slam, winning uh, her first Masters 1000 event in Miami, I believe it was, and um, what a what a what a six month period that she had she has had, and uh, that world record paycheck uh, slips into the back pocket uh, of that young lady. She's currently in Perth right now with the Australian national team, getting ready for the Federation Cup uh, final to be played over there this weekend against France, and. You know, who would back against uh, Australia? Uh, I think, uh, you know, the French have uh, the superior depth. But look, Ashley Barty, who would ba- who would uh, bet against her winning both singles and her doubles? Uh, if she wins all three, then Australia are going to win the Federation Cup for the first time in about 40 years. And it is uh, absolutely remarkable uh, season from Ash Barty. And uh, it's great to see... This is a girl who uh, took a couple of years out, out from tennis. She won Junior Wimbledon at 15 years of age. Uh, really a, a little bit of a, a child prodigy, you could say. And uh, look, at 23 years of age now, it looked like a smart move to freshen up, come back. And she is high character. She is high integrity. And uh, that is what really... Uh, separates her from uh, from the rest of the pack and uh, it's going to be an exciting time come uh, January and come the Australian Open. Uh, she's going to be the number one seed there uh, in Australia, uh, in Melbourne for the Australian Open and you take a look at uh, Barty's game, uh, you know, nothing real flashy about it, uh, very smart, uh, really uh, thinks her way through situations out there on court. Uh, world-class slice backhand. Must mention that world-class slice slice backhand. Uh, world-class volleys as well. Um, just a real all-court game. Um, you know, a dynamic athlete moves very well. Um, but it's that uh, that that's that emotional stability that she's developed, and that high character and that belief in herself that has catapulted her to the top of the women's game. And. Uh, what a way to round out the season, uh, winning the end of season championships. It uh, and and with the Federation Cup this weekend. Uh, look, Australia have got to start favourites because they have her. Uh, they have her on the list on the roster, and um, I wouldn't put it past her for Ashley Barty to win both her singles and the doubles and to spearhead uh, Australia to win that Federation Cup at home in Perth. Uh, against the French. Well done, Ashley Barty. Fantastic year uh, and exciting times for uh, Australian tennis on the female side of things. Coming up next, after the break, we are going to segue into the men's game, end of season championships in London. You've got Federer, Djokovic in the same group. Nadal, how is that injury where he pulled out of Paris uh, just about a week ago? 
Uh, we're going to bring it to you, and we've got NFL, and we have got NBA. Plenty to talk about. No Kawhi today against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, resting again, load management, controversial. Uh, I'm going to talk all things Los Angeles basketball, especially the Lakers. This is Jade Colf at the Colf Man. You're listening to No Holds Barred. Yeah, unbelievable season from Barty. I mean, you couldn't have predicted that. I said uh, a while ago on a previous episode, she was building, she was definitely building, and the Miami 1000 victory, you could see that, but to win a French Open, to win a slam, then, you know, to wrap things up with the end of season championships, the way she did it, comprehensive victory, uh, and now the Fed Cup, if you can pull that off as well, uh, lead Australia to that, then uh, just talking absolutely uh, uncharted territory, really, for an Australian female athlete in Australia. And it's long overdue. Well done to Ashley Barty. In saying that, the women's has wrapped up their season. As we know, Fed Cup to uh, the Fed Cup Teams event to wrap things up this weekend. The men, London, London calling, London town, the top eight men in the world for the end of season finale. And we've got the usual suspects there, Nadal, Djokovic, Federer. Uh, We've got a couple of new faces, uh, quite a a few new faces, actually. We've got Stefano Sissipas has qualified for the first time. Uh, The young Italian... Uh, U.S. Open semi-finalist Berrettini, uh, he's in there, and Daniil Medvedev, who has had a remarkable season, he's the new number four player in the world, and uh, he'll be taking his spot, uh, very, very well deserved uh, for the first time, and he's one that I think can upset the big three of Federer, Djokovic, and Nadal, Nadal coming into this event, uh, a little bit of a niggle, pulled out of the semi-final uh, in Paris there just last week. Scans brought up a little bit of a niggle. I think it was in the quad area, so he wanted to really just uh, precautionary. And Novak Djokovic just waltzed his way uh, to the title, uh, beating uh, the Canadian Denis Shapovalov in straight sets. Comfortable there for Novak. Hardly worked up a sweat. Um but uh, London, it'll all take place. And you take a look at the, the groups. The groups have, uh, have been announced. And we have, uh, we have Novak and Roger in the same group, in that first group, as well as uh, Berrettini and team. Uh, that is uh, a highly explosive group there. And in the other group, we've got Nadal. We've got Medvedev, Sissipas, and Alex Zverev. Uh, rounding out uh, the top eight. So uh, it's been uh, an interesting season. I believe the Nadal back to the number one player in the world. Uh, I think the number one ranking is on the line between Novak and Nadal. Nadal bitterly disappointed that he couldn't finish the event there in Paris just last week uh, because he knows uh, that ranking is on the line and Novak was able to waltz through to... uh, to the title, and uh, you know, with uh, with this event in London, uh, Federer comes in uh, comes in fresh. Didn't play in Paris. Uh, he won uh, the Basel 500 event in his home uh, his hometown there in uh, in Switzerland uh, for the tenth time. Incredible numbers. Uh, the numbers are just mind boggling from this from this man, but. Uh, I really think uh, Medvedev is one that uh, can really uh, round out the season. He's been remarkable. Just fell agonizingly short in that U.S. Open final. Uh, he's uh, uh, won a couple of Masters 1000 events this year as well. He has arrived. He is a Grand Slam threat, and he is a, a big threat uh, to win this title. I don't think Zverev uh, can impact, although he is a former winner. He's had a pretty... Uh, 
pretty ordinary season for his standards. We've fallen back in the rankings. I think Berrettini, a bit too much to ask of him. Uh, his first time uh, in the top eight in the world. And Sissipas just hasn't been able to uh, impact in the biggest matches against uh, the big three players in the world. So I think outside of the top three of Nadal, Djokovic and Federer, I think Medvedev is probably the only one uh, who could impact. Dominic Team has the firepower, but he's yet to show that he can uh, really win an event of this magnitude, of this high caliber. Uh, so once again, I believe it's going to be the usual suspects uh, with Daniel Medvedev to uh, be uh, the smoky, to be the outsider. He's, uh, he's one uh, that uh, you could put your money on uh, outside of the big three to maybe uh, to maybe shock London and shock the tennis world. And um, look, it wouldn't be a shock in my eyes. He's uh, he's been right there all season long, and uh, he's young, 22, 23 years of age. You'll have the legs, and but uh, Nadal, Djokovic, and Federer expect them to be in the final four uh, as well. Uh, from the semi-finals onwards, uh, I think Djokovic really. Uh, I think he starts favourite in my eyes. Uh, after winning in Paris, he looks fully recovered from that niggle that he had in the U.S. Open, and he's a, a big match player. Uh, indoors, Roger Federer, the best indoor player in the world, but I think uh, Novak and Roger uh, are the guys to beat here. Uh, Nadal coming in with a little bit of an injury cloud. Not too sure if he'll hold up, uh, but I expect uh, a, a possible Federer and uh, Djokovic uh, final if they are on opposite sides of the draw come uh, the semi-final stage. Medvedev to be uh, to be the the smoky to be the outsider. Uh, he's one that could do damage. And uh, we're going to bring it all to you here at No Holds No Holds Barred. That will be getting underway here very, very soon. As I said, the groupings uh, have been made uh, and it should be some uh, enthralling viewing to round out the, the men's season on the ATP Tour. It's been one uh, that uh, has really provided a lot of surprises. But when you look at the rankings... Uh, the top three players in the world are still the same. Nadal, Novak, and the great Roger Federer. And uh, we're going to bring it to you here at No Holds Barred, so stay tuned on that. Up next, we have got NFL action. Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. They got exposed last week against the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, he is the X-Factor. We're going to bring it to you here on No Holds Barred. And we've got NBA action rounding out the show and a little bit of cold face action too. And there is a certain player who's in the firing line early on in the NBA season. And I'm not going to miss him. This is Jade Colf at the Colf Man. This is No Holds Barred. Well, Nadal, the reason why he gets those niggles is because he's because of his brutal style. It's really as simple as that. Novak is as smooth as can be. Um, quite a boring game, really, but so effective, uh, just based on straight-up defense and being a ball machine. And Roger's a combination of the two, attacking, uh, free-flowing style, and he's, uh, he's just... Smooth as uh, smooth as smooth as there has ever been. So, no, it's no surprise Nadal uh, at this stage of the year, every year, uh, battles to get up um, for for London. I don't think he's ever won the uh, the end of season champs, and that's a fair reason why. It's really as simple as that. In saying that, we're going to segue on to some NFL football and. Things going bananas over there in the United States and Tom Brady and the Patriots last week lost their first game on the year. They were ripped apart. Their defense was ripped apart by quarterback Lamar Jackson who went 17 for 23 and 163 yards 
and to score, but also ran for 61 uh, rushing yards and two touchdowns. And it was the Baltimore Ravens 37, the Patriots 20 in what could only be described as a bit of a surprise coming in. The the Patriots defense had looked uh, really uh, unbeatable, unplayable, and uh, Brady had his work cut out. Tom Brady, uh, the six-time Super Bowl champ, went 30 for 46 for 285 yards, and uh, Mark Ingram, uh, the, the Ravens, pounded the ball, and Mark Ingram went for uh, 15 rushes for 115 yards, and and the Ravens found uh, tremendous balance, and it's been the first time this season that the Patriots have been exposed uh, at the defensive uh, on the defensive side of things, and uh, look, probably uh, I said a little bit of a shock, but. Uh, the Ravens are well coached. Lamar Jackson has put in a ton of work in the offseason, and this guy's the real deal. This guy uh, really is showing signs of uh, a similar kind to a similar kind of guy, uh, Michael Vick, uh, that uh, that combo quarterback who's got explosive pace and athleticism, uh, can run, uh, can hurt you with the legs. Uh, but also showing some competency from the pocket as well. And the Ravens have done a great job uh, with Jackson in terms of putting the players around him and developing a style of play that uh, suits him. And basically not saying, Lamar, you're going to come in and you're going to adapt to what we do. Uh, the, the Ravens organization have said, no, no, no. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you do what it is that you do. And that's, uh, you know, th- that's, Throw the football well, not outstandingly, uh, not elite by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, you know, hit your passes, but also uh, we're going to let you run as well. We're going to let you do your thing with the legs. And uh, he was explosive in college, and that's the way he played, and he's come in, uh, and uh, they're doing exactly the same thing. And the Baltimore Ravens moved to 6-2, and two, and things looking good for them, uh, while the Patriots... Uh, as I said, eight and one. Uh, they're obviously eight and no coming in, but I think this is a good, uh, really a good loss for the Patriots uh, because uh, come the business end, um, they've been uh, known to do their best work then. And uh, look, the, in terms of the Patriots, they've got. It's really amazing how uh, they find themselves in this situation. They've had a little bit of a weak schedule. Uh, the schedule has not been outstanding, uh, outstandingly tough at all if you take a look at it. And uh, really, the the, the Ravens uh, were probably the first team that the Patriots have come up uh, against that really have got it all together uh, on both sides of the football. And they have that uh, dynamic uh, quarterback situation in Lamar Jackson. Here's the real deal, folks. There's no doubt about that. Uh, this guy is going to be a starter for a very, very long time. And he's really, uh, he's must-see uh, entertainment, must-see TV. Uh, and he uh, he's level-headed. And uh, the Ravens are moving in the right direction. Uh, you know, Brady, uh, 42 years of age. Look, you cannot write uh, the Patriots off, that's for sure. But this is the worst receiving core that I think uh, uh, that I've seen in, uh, in, in Brady's time there at the Patriots. No, uh, no Gronkowski. Uh, that really hurts them, um, but you're not going to count them out. Uh, you know they're not going to show all their cards uh, at this stage of the year. They uh, they know they've been there before, and they are still uh, one of the top three teams uh, in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. The San Francisco 49ers uh, going uh, extremely well uh, as well. Uh, we'll talk more about them uh, moving forward. Uh, probably uh, on the next show. But uh, this one was, uh, as I said, a surprise. 37-20, uh, the Baltimore Ravens are for real. Um, but Tom Brady uh, and the Patriots, uh, for the first time this year, really could not uh, could not stop uh, the offense of the opposition. Ingram, great game from him, 115 yards. He's a real uh, season pro, the, the running back out of the University of Alabama. And... Uh, the Patriots are uh, a good loss for them, I think, at this stage of the year. 
uh, halfway through the season. Uh, they will reset uh, Brady. Uh, let's see how he goes uh, this week and moving forward. He wants to be uh, cherry ripe for the playoffs, the 42-year-old. And uh, when it's all said and done, the Patriots are going to be there when the whips are cracking. But Lamar Jackson is indeed the real deal. You'll be hearing a lot more uh, from that young man uh, in the NFL and on uh, on this program as well, on this radio show here at No Holds Barred. Up next, we're going to round out today's episode with NBA action. We are talking the Battle of LA. Clippers, uh, no show today from Kawhi Leonard. He is sitting on the pine, on the bench, load management or whatever that means. Uh, but it is the Greek freak and the Bucks uh, should take care of business against the Clippers and the Lakers moved to 6-1 and one yesterday with a big comeback uh, against the Chicago Bulls. They played rubbish for the first three quarters, but it was Kyle Kuzma and the bench that got them back in the contest, and then LeBron came back into the game, and it was the LeBron James and Anthony Davis show, and we're going to see plenty more of that this season. We're up next, wrapping up the show, talking NBA hoops. This is Jade Kolf at The Kolf Man. You're listening to No Holds Barred. Oh, don't worry. Bill Belichick will uh, he'll be ready come playoffs. It's a uh, a good loss if there ever was a a good loss there for the Patriots, but. Uh, they're going to have to rejig that thing because they're going to... Something tells me they're going to see the Ravens again this year. And Lamar Jackson, they need to solve that puzzle right there because he's uh, he's lighting up the league and he's uh, catapulted into MVP contention. We're going to make a switch. We're going to move on to the NBA. We are talking hoops and the season... Uh, a couple of weeks in, two to three weeks in, and things are starting to take shape. No Kawhi Leonard today. Uh, he is resting load management. They are talking a little bit of a knee complication. Uh, word around the league is not too sure how uh, really serious that is. They think he's probably just uh, resting, but Really an interesting game to rest, a nationally televised game with the powerhouse Milwaukee Bucks and the Greek freak Giannis, and fans will not be seeing uh, that matchup, the Kawhi versus uh, Giannis matchup. Uh, Leonard will be in street clothes uh, tonight, that game getting underway in a little bit, in, in a little uh, around 45 minutes, uh, but Leonard will not be taking place uh, in the Clippers lineup, so... You would think that uh, the Bucks should take care of business with that one there with no Leonard and no Paul George. But the word is that when Leonard came to the Clippers, uh, he spoke to the organization and said, uh, look, can you allow me to play uh, 65 games and not the 82 so I can be fresh for, uh, for the playoffs and, and a title run? And... The Clippers agreed to all that, and uh, look, they seem to be stick, sticking to the policy. Now, how uh, how the load management issue comes up uh, really about seven or eight games in, I think is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you would understand if this, is, this was towards the back end of the NBA season, but look, we are two weeks into this NBA season, this NBA campaign, and... Uh, Kawhi Leonard, arguably the best player in the game, is sitting on the bench in a nationally televised game uh, against really what you, what you would say is a uh, an individual rival in Giannis, but also uh, you know the Milwaukee Bucks. They're going to be a team that's pushing towards the NBA Finals this year. They uh, they want to win the whole thing and believe they can. And Leonard is going to be sitting there and and watching and and basically. The Clippers are conceding this one here, 
Um, I don't think they can beat the Bucks without uh, Kawhi Leonard. And it's been a hot talking point all morning uh, on sports programs and radio uh, radio talk uh, from the United States. And uh, look, it's a, I think it's an issue for the league for Adam Silver and the the NBA. They want uh, they want the best players out there, and fans uh, could somewhat feel a little bit robbed. You know, you're paying big money to go. Uh, and watch players such as Kawhi Leonard, and then when you show up to the arena and you're sitting there in street clothes on the bench, um, you know, you're left with your popcorn and your Coke uh, and a smile, and there wouldn't be too many smiles going on if uh, you paid good dollars uh, to see one of the best players in the world, and, uh, well, you're just not getting that. And, you know, word is uh, ESPN and TNT and these major, major television networks are absolutely furious with, uh, with what's gone on. Um, so uh, it is an interesting one. Uh, the Clippers have started the season relatively well, sitting there at 5-2. and two. Paul George to come back in the next couple of weeks uh, to really shore things up for them. Uh, but uh, no Kawhi today. Expect the Bucks to get the victory in that one there. And uh, this will be an ongoing uh, saga. It will continue to go on. Uh, the Clippers are going to stick to their guns, but it just seems that, uh, look, uh, Adam Silver's taken care of these players in regards to uh, high salaries, high revenue, and it seems to be a situation where, uh, you know, they've been given a little bit of rope and players such as Kawhi Leonard are, are really uh, taking advantage of that. And it's not a good look. It's not a good product that the NBA uh, want to see. And, and fans, uh, NBA fans are, um, you know, clearly not happy with it, and they deserve uh, they they deserve to be uh, somewhat uh, disappointed with that. Um, the other team in LA, the Los Angeles Lakers, they moved to six and one yesterday against the Chicago Bulls. Played really ordinary basketball for the first three quarters. Anthony Davis. Uh, the Chicago native couldn't really get into the game uh, for the first three quarters. And uh, LeBron James, another triple-double, his third in a row. He is on some kind of streak, uh, starting with the the triple-double against the Dallas Mavericks on the road. They won that one in overtime. They took care of the Spurs. Another triple-double there for the King. And then uh, another triple-double yesterday against the young Chicago Bulls. But it was Kyle Kuzma and the Lakers bench that really got them back into this one in the fourth quarter. Quinn Cook with some uh, some long-range uh, bombing, and once LeBron went off and came back on, uh, you know, for the last six to seven minutes of that contest, it was absolutely lights out, and Davis and LeBron put the finishing touches on another win, and the Lakers moved to, to six and one, and uh, they're looking to come back home here soon, uh, for a six or seven game homestand and they are really setting themselves up here and, and uh, really uh, word is too uh, look I think if they they pick up uh, Andre Iguodala where there are whispers around the league that that uh, is a real possibility I think uh, I think they win the title I really do I think if Andre Iguodala joins the Lakers and gives them another long uh, defensive presence who can stretch the defense, hit the outside three. Uh, I think it's the the Lakers' title to lose. Uh, Right now, without Iguodala, I think, you know, you're looking at a 50-50 bet. Uh, Both teams in Los Angeles at 100%. I think you're looking at a seven-game series, which could go either way. Um, But it uh, it definitely is an interesting one. Uh, But uh, the Lakers, they found a way yesterday. Uh, 118 to 112, and uh, LeBron James he looks as he looks as fresh as could be. Uh, almost 35 year old uh, in his 17th year, and uh, look, he's the MVP of the year uh, thus far. I know we're only seven or eight games in, but uh, look, he seems uh, reinvigorated, renewed. Uh, Anthony Davis uh, having a big man such such as Davis. Uh, who is a, a, a multi-pronged, multi-faceted uh, talent. Uh, it really uh, really puts the Lakers in good stead, and that's the, the best one-two punch 
uh, in the league right now. And uh, look, the, the Lakers uh, are got to be happy where they sit right now. And uh, look, when it's all said and done, uh, from what we can see so far uh, during this season, it's uh, it's looking like the Lakers and Clippers uh, are the best, the best two teams out west, without a doubt. As talented as uh, as the Dallas Mavericks are, um, Denver Nuggets, Utah, uh, the Lakers have taken care uh, uh, taken care of some of those teams already uh, thus far, and they're only going to get better. Uh, with the chemistry, uh, but they are they are looking good. Dwight Howard's been super impressive as well, off the bench, rebounding, blocking shots, and uh, you know they are they are definitely looking uh, looking like the best team in the NBA right now. And you know with this load management that's uh, that's going on, uh, no Paul George recovering from shoulder surgery, Kawhi Leonard sitting out, uh, the Clippers could find themselves falling behind. Uh, in the standings and that home court advantage. Look, they play in the same building, uh, but look, I think uh, clearly what we've seen so far throughout the season, they are the best two teams out west. Out east, um, the Miami Heat, uh, very, very surprising, sitting there at 5-1 uh, and one on the year, I believe. Jimmy Butler's just made his way back, but they've got uh, tremendous guard play. Uh, it is a guard-dominated league now, and uh, really surprising there, the Miami Heat at 5-1, and one. Boston Celtics, at 5-1 and one as well. Uh, Gordon Hayward with 39 points there yesterday. Uh, they seem to have uh, have things figured out there uh, with Hayward, Tatum, and Kemba Walker slotting into that uh, Celtics backcourt as well. Kyrie Irving leaves. All of a sudden, the Celtics uh, start to get... Uh, uh, start to find that chemistry back again. And also, uh, out east, the Philadelphia 76ers look like the best team uh, out east, uh, without a doubt so far. Of, of course, we're talking the Milwaukee Bucks as well, but the Philadelphia 76ers with Simmons, Embiid, once he comes back from uh, that suspension where uh, he went toe-to-toe with Carl Anthony Towns in, uh, uh, in, a, in a wrestle fest, and they obviously have Tobias Harris and uh, Al Horford as well has come across there, and he's uh, he's been big at the power forward position. But Philadelphia are absolutely loaded, and I expect them to really, really uh, kick on and possibly be the number one seed uh, in the Eastern Conference. It's going to take a heck of a team uh, to beat them, but uh, the Celtics will get better and better, and obviously the Milwaukee Bucks are with uh, with Giannis. Uh, they are the pick of the bunch. They are uh, the teams. Uh, the Houston Rockets out west don't think they are a threat. The Harden-Westbrook thing, uh, it, it's uh, its a bit of a sideshow. Uh, they uh, don't play any kind of serious defense whatsoever. Uh, Harden is, as Russell, Russell Westbrook's been uh, fantastic so far uh, to start this season through seven games. Uh, but Harden, he is uh, shooting brick after brick. Uh, still plays no defense. He's as selfish as ever. And we are going to talk about James Harden to wrap the show up on the coal face. Uh, more from there. The Rockets sitting at four and three. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, they, uh, they are not a threat. Clay Thompson out. Steph Curry, broken hand. Uh, Draymond Green, not, uh, not the, the player uh, that... Uh, definitely not the, the same player with no help around him. No Durant, no, no Thompson, no, uh, no Iguodala, no Curry... Uh, so that uh, that ship is heading in the wrong direction. They are, the, the the Warriors are not going to make the playoffs. Uh, they are in for some serious pain uh, throughout this campaign, and they will look to reload uh, after uh, after this season. So they're going to take some beatings, and um, it's just unfortunate for them with uh, with Curry going down with uh, with that broken hand. Uh, but uh, look. Clear cut, as as I said, seven games in, the Los Angeles Lakers and uh, the Los Angeles Clippers are creating all the all the attention. Uh, the Lakers six and one. LeBron James uh, really putting up uh, incredible numbers for uh, for his seventeenth uh, year in the league. But uh, that one-two combo of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, uh, the best in the league right now. Long way to go. But uh, it's been an exciting start. 
Up next, we are wrapping up the show, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking the Houston Rockets. We're bringing you the Colf face. As I said, Westbrook has been fantastic uh, so far early on this season, uh, doing some good things for the Rockets. But it's his backcourt running mate in James Harden who is copying it on the Colf face. Stick around. After the break, find out why you're listening to No Holds Barred Sports Podcast. This is Jade Colf at The Colf Man. Back soon. Well, it's, it's all about LA, baby. And so it should be. They've got... They've got the best players. Simple as that. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two of the top five in uh, in the world, in the league. And then you've got Kawhi, definitely top five. And Paul George, you're probably looking at possible top ten, maybe just outside. But, you know, he's, uh, he's as, as effective as ever. Can do it at both ends. Wing player. They got the best. They got the best players. They got the best teams. So it's no surprise they will. They will play off. That it's either the Clippers or the Lakers coming out of the West. Mark my words. In saying that, we're segueing on to the segment we like to call the Colf Face. And in the firing line this week, we've got Houston Rockets basketball, but specifically. We're going to talk about Jimmy Harden. We're going to talk about James Harden, the ball-dominant lefty. Uh, They've had Russell Westbrook come across uh, this season. He's been nothing short of fantastic. Who would have thought uh, as hard-headed as he is? Um, But it's James Harden who is copying it today on the coalface. The Rockets sit 4-3, and and James Harden has been nothing short of pathetic for the first seven games. Now, you take a look at the numbers. These numbers are going to look impressive. 36.6 points a game. You look at that and you go, wow, that's impressive. Five rebounds a game from the shooting guard position. Wow, that's pretty solid right there. 7.4 assists per game for, you know, really from the shooting guard position. Wow, that's, that's, you'd think that's impressive. Not too bad. 36 points, 5 rebounds, 7.4 assists. It looks all fantastic. All big numbers. Now we move on. Field goal percent, though, from Harden. 38% from the field. That is two-pointers and three-pointers. Pathetic. The three-point percent from Harden. 25.3 per game. Category, pathetic. Turnovers per game, 5.7 turnovers per game. Guess what category that is, people? You guessed it, pathetic. Now, James Harden, you'd think after three or four years of completely bashing his head up against the wall, playing the same style, and when I say style, I'm talking about the style of, well, it's all about me. It's all about James. It's all about Jimmy Harden uh, because uh, I'm just going to shoot the ball every time down the floor and I'm going to get my teammates to stand around and, and watch me dribble, 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 pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball. Let's dribble, 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 dribble. Uh, oh, okay, step back, uh, shoot. Okay, either make it or miss, okay? And James Harden is doing a lot of missing right now, right about at this time. I think he's had two games so far this year where he's had over 15 three-point shots. One of those games was two of 15 from long range. He's the only player in NBA history to have over 14 shots, 4-3. And I think he's done that seven times. Seven times in his NBA career, he's had over 14 shots from long range from downtown. And the closest to him, there's four or five separate players that have done it once. 
So he's done it seven times, and there's the closest players to him have done it once. I think it was Kobe Bryant, Paul George, uh, to name a few, and then there were a couple of other guys as well. There were five players. He's done it seven times. They've done it once, okay? And we've seen this before, time and time again. Ball-dominant guards that are all about themselves, and they never actually win. They don't win championships. Russell Westbrook was this guy in Oklahoma, okay? Allen Iverson, he was that guy in Philadelphia. Anybody heard of Stefan Marbury? Yeah, amazing talent. Was last seen playing in China somewhere, okay? Bounced around the league, New Jersey, Minnesota, Phoenix, the New York Knicks, okay? Uh, who else can we think of? Carmelo Anthony, another one, all about himself, uh, watch me shoot, let me score heaps of buckets, let's not play any defense. It doesn't work. And shame on the Houston Rockets uh, for letting this go on. They've got no one to blame but themselves. They've become a bit of a gimmick, uh, basically. Yeah, they will go ahead and win their, uh, you know, 45, 50 games this year, maybe maybe 50 plus, but they are not winning the championship. Uh, they'll get absolutely crushed uh, come playoff time against the real serious teams that play defense, that play team basketball. But 38% uh, from the field, uh, not going to get it done. 25.3, uh, absolutely pathetic from long range, especially when you're shooting 10 plus three-pointers a game. Uh, and the 5.7, almost six turnovers, uh, that is absolutely diabolical. Uh, you know, uh, Westbrook, uh, real credit to him for coming on board. Uh, he's actually uh, putting up some solid numbers. Uh, but uh, this is going to be entertaining to see. These two are going to butt heads uh, down the track. Don't worry about that. Um, but uh, James Harden uh, really uh, well and truly uh, continues to beat his head uh, up against the wall. Uh, how long can uh, the organization uh, go this way um, where uh, you give the keys to the Palace, uh, to to one player and one player only, uh, this is what you get. It's all about me. Uh, I don't care about changing my ways or adapting or evolving or growing as an athlete, growing as a human, uh, swallowing my ego, swallowing my pride. It's all about me. And when it's all about you in a team game, you know what that gets you? Gets you absolutely zero. Gets you nothing. Gets you no championships. Gets you no legacy. Uh, and... Uh, Good luck to the Houston Rockets, uh, but uh, James Harden, uh, you are on the Colf face today. Uh, those numbers look impressive, 36.6, 5 rebounds, 7.4 assists, but it's the other numbers, the field goal percent in the pathetic category, 38%, 25.3, yep, you guessed it, category pathetic, and the turnovers, 5.7, category pathetic. Uh, looks good. If you're playing one-on-one basketball on the streets of Harlem, uh, look good on those end-one mixtapes. Absolutely fantastic. But uh, you're talking NBA basketball. That is not the uh, that is not the strategy. That is not the tactic. That is not the formula for victories. Uh, looks great. Looks fantastic. Uh, one-on-one, more your style. Um, but we're playing five-on-five. And that is not going to get it done in the NBA. And uh, why are we surprised at any stage so far this year? Uh, James Harden, absolutely pathetic. And it will not improve any time soon. This is Jade Cole for the Colf Man. This is No Holds Barred. Well, that's appropriate. Seven games in, and he's serving up that. As I said, only one category for that, and that's pathetic. Well done to Russ. Russ has done a he's done a good job coming in, but this only ends one way, and those two are going to butt heads. And it's simple as that. It's uh, until Harden evolves and changes. Uh, the Rockets will uh, they'll go nowhere simple as that well what a show fantastic show heaps of stuff going on 
we will be back uh, later on uh, in the week. We're going to give you uh, updates of what's gone on uh, overnight with the Clippers. I said no Kawhi today. Expect the Bucks to get the victory there. We've got the ATP Tour Championships coming up. We'll have more action from the studio then. And the Federation Cup, Ashley Barty, world number one, spearheading uh, Australia in that one there against France. So plenty of stuff going on. We're going to bring it to you. No holds barred. And we'll have plenty more golf face action. And uh, we'll see who is in the crosshairs on the next one. It will remain to be James Harden until proven otherwise. Uh, That category, absolutely pathetic. And uh, there is no other way to describe it. It's been a great show. Been fantastic bringing it to you. Looking forward to getting on the airways for the next episode. As I said, plenty going on in sport. Huge games this week in the NFL. Uh, It really should be... Uh, an absolute beauty and plenty of action going on. Lakers and Clippers are really in, uh, in, in full flight. The Battle of LA will continue. This is Jade Kolf at The Kolf Man. You've been listening to No Holds Barred. We'll see you on the next episode. James, though. You got your phone. Pick it up. Call me. How come we don't even talk no more? And you don't even call no more? We don't barely keep in touch at all. And I don't even feel the same love when we hug no more. And I heard it through the grapevine. We even beefing now. After all the years we've been down. Ain't no way, no how. This bullshit can't be true. We family. Ain't a damn thing changed. Let's go, yo. Side by side, wherever you was riding, I went so close, almost on some Bonnie and Clyde shit. When Ronnie died, you was right by my side with a shoulder to cry on and tissue to wipe my eyes and a bucket to catch every tear I cried inside it. You even had the same type of childhood I. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.